Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. Again, everybody, welcome to Gamecock Central Radio. Emerson Phillips joined by J.C. Zimble from thewolfpacker.com. He's going to give us a look at the NC State Wolfpack as we get ready for South Carolina and NC State. We're inside of 48 hours now until kickoff, and the Gamecocks and the Wolfpack set to meet in Charlotte. It'll be the 58th meeting all time between these two schools, with South Carolina holding a narrow 27-26 to all-time lead in the series, four ties all-time, first meeting between these two since 2009. J.C., welcome in. Glad to have you. Uh, thanks uh, for inviting me. We got an exciting matchup to open the year. You know, NC State uh, closed last season very strong, beating North Carolina and whipping uh, Vanderbilt in the Independence Bowl. And it seems like, uh, you know, NC State was playing its best football at the end of the year last year. So, J.C., as we open the podcast today, let me ask you, NC State should have beat Clemson. They trounced Vanderbilt in that bowl game. But they also lost to Boston College, and they lost to East Carolina. So which NC State team is going to show up on Saturday? Well, that's going to be an interesting question. Um, I'd like to think that because this group is so senior-dominated that they'll have the maturity to take care of business at the start of the season. But it also has been a while since they opened up with a, 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 an SEC or an ACC, you know, any kind of powerful conference team in the season opener. Um, you know, the hype about this game is it's a little bit a reminder of when NC State played South Carolina when Russell Wilson was the quarterback, and uh, I believe the Gamecocks won 7-3, to I want to say. But uh, that was like a very deflating moment in that season because there was such optimism going into that game, and then the Gamecocks kind of stole it away from them. Um, not, not the game, but just the, the momentum and the optimism. But... Uh, you know, I mean, this is this has been the season that the Wolfpack have been building toward for quite a while. I mean, this is when you hire a new coach and you start stacking up recruiting classes. This has been kind of the culmination season, and that that's uh, another part of why there's such optimism. JC, there's been so much talk about the NC State defense, particularly the defensive line. I think. We should probably start there when we're talking about the Wolfpack. You know, a lot of Gamecock fans and Gamecock media, people who cover the Gamecocks for a living, feel like NC State might have the best defensive line that South Carolina will face, at least until the Clemson game at the end of the year. So let's talk about the Wolfpack D-line. South Carolina had difficulty. They had problems protecting the quarterback last year, and Gamecock people are very concerned about keeping quarterback Jake Bentley upright in this ball game. So, you know, the, the consensus seems to be that the Gamecocks are probably going to run a lot of quick passing plays, short drops for the quarterback to get the ball out quickly. We feel like down and distance is going to be critical in this game. Yards on first down, uh, 
Uh, if the Gamecocks are left in passing situations, obvious passing situations on third down, much of the game, that's going to play right into NC State's hand. So let's start with Bradley Chubb. 15th in the nation in sacks last year with 10 and a half and fourth in the country tackles for loss. He's out of Powder Springs, Georgia. Tell us about him, JC. You know, he, he's kind of like the, the epitome of what, what the football program has become under Coach Dave Dorn in the sense of here was a guy who was a, a Rivals.com three-star recruit who at one point was a linebacker. And now he's probably about 6'4", and he's in that 270, 275 range. And he's worked his way into you know, no no worse than an early second-round pick, uh, possible first-round pick. You know, he's one of those guys, I think um, I think what's attractive to him with, with NFL teams is that he could, be, he could be whatever you need him to be in the sense that he could be a 3-4 defensive end, he could be a 4-3. You know, he's, he's kind of good at everything, but I wouldn't say he's dominant at one thing. Like, he's not, you know, he's not blow you off the edge, get, you know, crush the quarterback guy, but he definitely can put heat on the quarterback. But then he's also very solid on the, against the run. So that that's what makes him versatile. Is he's not just a pass rusher. He's not just a run defender. He can do a little bit of both. Hmm. And, uh, you know, again, you know, that, that whole D-line, part of the reason why they're getting as much uh, attention as they received, all seniors. And then um, the one junior, and it's funny, he's kind of gotten lost in the shuffle a little bit. I'm sure South Carolina recruited him out of high school because everybody did. But uh, Darian Roseboro. It has as much upside as just about anyone in the group, but because he's a junior, he's kind of gotten under the radar because everyone's talking about the four seniors. But Roseboro was, I, I want to say, second on the team, uh, had seven sacks, and he's he's flashed serious, hardcore NFL potential at times. He just hasn't done it game after game after game, and I think that's probably the that year difference in maturity and experience is probably the difference between Chubb and, and Roseboro, but you know, it wouldn't be surprising at all, you know, if Roseboro were to come back for his senior year that everyone's going to be raving about him next year yeah. as much as people have been raving about Chubb this year, going into this year, I should say. All right, tell us about the other starters on the Wolfpack defensive line. Contavia Street, B.J. Hill, Justin Jones. Street was the top-rated prospect on this defensive line coming out of high school. He was. Um, that was more like on what he what his potential could be. You know, Street has is, is, is become very <laughs> – very well known for his weightlifting exploits, but I think he's one of those guys who um, he I wouldn't call him an instinctive defensive player. Like like he he has gradually gotten a little bit better and a little bit better. And basically, he and Roseboro were, were locked in on on a week to week battle on who would start last year. And you know, honestly, they they basically played about the same amount of snaps. And NC State's going to play eight defensive linemen. That that's their style. Um, you know, maybe maybe the defensive say in a, a in a perfect world, like defensive tackles will get like forty snaps, and the backups will get maybe twenty five. You know, so it's not one of those deals where you know Bradley Chubb's going to play like sixty out of seventy snaps. Like that, that's not their style. But um, you know, Street. You know, his it, it'll be interesting to see if this is the year where he puts it all together. You know, all the experience that he's gained and, and all the things that he's gone through, you know, because he hasn't had, like, you know, he's still looking for that breakout season. Um, but, you know, he's got a lot of attention. Uh, you know, I think Bruce Feldman from, uh, well, when he was allowed to write for FoxSports.com, um, had him as one of the quote-unquote freaks of college football. 
and there's a, a viral video that made the rounds this summer that NCC put out where he squatted 700 pounds. Um, so I mean, he's 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 well known for for those kind of numbers. Now now it's time to get the numbers that matter, like tackles, tackles for loss, and sacks. Big story out of Raleigh this week, JC, was the fact that uh, Mike Stevens, the starting cornerback, third-year starter for NC State, will miss this game against South Carolina on Saturday. And it looks like uh, Jonathan Alston, who converted from wide receiver to defensive back a year ago, is going to make his first college start at cornerback opposite Nick McLeod, who's a native of the Palmetto State, played at South Point High School in Rock Hill. So talk about the loss of Stevens. I know he didn't play in the bowl game last year, so it's not like NC State has never had to go without him, but he was a player that was really being relied on at corner this year. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it's a major blow. I mean, there's, there's no way to dance around that one. Uh, he is their best cornerback. Um, you know, I don't I don't know what, what it will be like for Jonathan Alston. You know, I mean, again, he, he's never played corner in a real game. You know, he played wide receiver his first three years. He has very good physical attributes. He's six foot. He's two ten. He was an athletic receiver. Um, people did like him as a, a safety prospect coming out of Bun High and a little bit in the eastern part of the state of North Carolina. Um, you know, but he doesn't have that experience. And uh, you know, he registered last year. Had a little bit of injuries, but he was going to register regardless. And it'll be interesting to see how he handles the spotlight. Um, you know, McLeod, he was the one that replaced Stevens last year. And also the previous game in UNC, Jack Tocho got hurt. So he replaced Tocho against UNC, and then he replaced Stevens against Vanderbilt. Um, you know, so he bas- basically his resume is two games. You know, they, they didn't need to play him much. Um, unlike the defensive line, there is not a rotation at a cornerback. Um, they will play nearly every snap. And, you know, there, there's not a lot of depth behind them. You know, I mean, both those guys are, It's a, you know, there can't be a series where somebody gets cramps or there can't be a series where somebody gets hurt. You know, I mean, they're basically a, a fifth-year senior walk-on is, is in the second string, and then James Valdez is another one who is also from uh, South Carolina who's never played as a registered freshman. J.C., is there an added sense of urgency this week for the front seven of North Carolina State to get pressure on the quarterback given the lack of experience and depth in the Wolfpack secondary? No question. I mean, I, you know, when you have new corners and new safeties, I mean, this is a completely reworked secondary. Um, NC State does play a four-two-five, and the nickel is, was last year's starting strong safety. But he's the only guy that has experience, game-in, game-out experience. I mean, between the four new guys, there's only two starts if you don't count Jonathan Alston starts at receiver. So, you know, I thought going into the season it, with a healthy Mike Stevens that teams were going to challenge Nick McLeod until he proved that he could handle it. Now it'll be interesting to see, you know, I mean, it, it, it's going to, you know, there's just a lot of what if. But I think NC State is counting on a good pass rush to help alleviate some of that. But until guys go through it, you know, it, it's just how it is. You know, uh, I, obviously South Carolina's got good receivers. The, the games afterwards is, is Furman and, and Marshall and, and no disrespect to those programs, but you know, if Mike Stevens misses either of those games, it's not as big a deal. But, you know, at some point between the South Carolina game and then probably the Florida State game, which is um, around, I think, September 22nd, 23rd that weekend, I guess September 23rd, that's that's when, when that secondary will really find out if they can handle the challenge of, of big boy, you know, college football.
We're talking NC State football here with J.C. Zimbel from thewolfpacker.com. I'm Emerson Phillips. This is Gamecock Central Radio. You can download the Gamecock Central Radio app on the App Store and on Google Play. Subscribe to our podcast. Search for Gamecock Central on iTunes, SoundCloud, and other popular services. Search for Gamecock Central Radio on iTunes, SoundCloud, or other popular services, or just visit radio.gamecockcentral.com. J.C., let's talk about the NC State offense here. We know you lost your 1,100-yard rusher from a year ago, but uh, still some quality skill players, uh, namely Jalen Samuels, the, the tight end or H-back who lines up all over the field. Uh, very outstanding player, preseason All-American. And uh, also uh, Naheem Hines, 5'9", 198-pound running back. Looks like he'll be the featured back this year. Tell us about the Wolfpack offense. Well, the, the loss of Matthew Day is, is huge. I uh, ended up going in the seventh round to the Cleveland Browns. You know, he he was the one constant. Game in, game out, you could always count on him. He was always going to get anywhere from 15 to 30 touches. You know, he was usually, I'd say, seven or eight games probably got over 100 yards. Um, he was the first 1,000-yard rusher NC State's had since 2002. I don't think they're going to have a 1,000-yard rusher this season because I think it's going to be more by committee. Um, Naeem Hines and Reggie Gillespie are two juniors who, you know, this is their turn. This is their time. You know, both were very touted recruits coming out of high schools in, in the North Carol in, in the state of North Carolina. Hines was every, Mr. Everything at, at Garner High. He was outstanding. Um, kick returns, punt returns, which he also will do on Saturday. Uh, catch the ball, run the ball. And, I mean, we're talking like video game numbers. Um, junior and senior year of high school. But his first two years at State, he was a slot receiver, and he was a kick returner. And he is a great kick returner. Um, but he didn't, you know, he he only had probably a few games where, you, where he got to show what he could do with the ball in his hands on offense, one of which was the Florida State game last year, where, you know, he ended up getting featured, and, and he was great. But it will be interesting to see what he can do now this year where every game he knows he's going to get 15 to 20 touches between the running the ball, the catching the ball, the kick return, the punt return. Um, you know, not a big guy. You know, five listed at 5'9", 197 uh, pounds. Um, you know, great speed. Uh, like, legit track speed, uh, one of the best sprinters in the ACC. I mean, if he gets if he gets an alley, he's gone. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, we, we've seen smaller backs like Sal. Um, you know, one of his good friends is Bryce Love, whose father Chris played at South Carolina. Um, Bryce is uh, probably going to have a great year at Stanford. And it's going to be interesting to see how these two guys who, who were great friends in high school and competitors, and, and now they're both getting the chance to do what they do at their respective schools. And, um, I, I, you know, I think because Bryce has had success at Stanford, I, I kind of think that Naeem will do the same at NC State. Um, in terms of Gillespie, you know, he went to um, – uh, Southern Guilford in the Greensboro area, and he had over 3,000 yards his senior year of high school. So he's had injuries, you know, he's had, you know, the, the adjustment, tough adjustments, college football and college life, and, you know, he hasn't really fully put it together for a full season or even half a season, but now he's in better shape. Um, he's more the between the tackles runner of the two, but he has some breakaway speed. Not, not as fast as Naheem, but he's not slow. And, uh, you know, 5'11", 225, and he was the guy in high school who was used to getting the ball 30 to 40 times. So it would be interesting to see if this will truly be his breakout year. Um, 
you know, the, the third back that they thought was going to be the guy was Johnny Frazier, who was Mr. All-World in, in terms of recruiting ranking. Um, he ended up leaving school uh, during the spring. So he that's why, you know, there's a little more uncertainty at the running back position than they anticipated. But then they have a, a, a fifth-year senior named Jaquay Nichols, who's okay in the passing game, um, has experience. And then they might play Jalen Samuels summit running back. That That's going to be one of those storylines to watch. But we're Samuels and Hines in particular, what will be fun with them for South Carolina fans to watch is like they get used like chess pieces. And it'll be interesting to see how South Carolina approaches it. Because they have this, they have enough speed and the ability to catch the ball as a, like a receiver. And obviously Naheem Hines was a slot receiver where you could almost put like a, a cover corner on them. But then what happens if they get matched up against a linebacker? Or they get matched up against one of the safeties. You know, I mean, like Naeem is probably legit sub four four speed. So you're not going to want a four six four seven four eight linebacker on him. At least uh, I I wouldn't recommend that for any college defense. And then obviously Jalen has like over like a hundred catches the last two years. I mean, he's he's basically a receiver playing H back. But then the other part of the chess piece with Jalen is that you know whatever it is. They always seem to spring him at the right time, right place on jet sweeps, reverses, shuffle passes. And that's how he accumulates a lot of his rushing touchdowns. I mean, it's, it's uncanny how, you know, he just makes the most out of his opportunities. And, you know, he's a great player. He really is. But at the end of the day, you know, what he does is he maximizes the 10 to 15 chances that he gets. And that's his gift, is that he knows – what to do the few times that he does get the ball. J.C., Ryan Finley is your starting quarterback. He's a junior, very steady a year ago, over 3,000 yards passing, 18 touchdowns and just eight interceptions. So, you know, solid player and a good uh, manager for all these skilled players that we've talked about. And I think that, that's the label that he's been tagged with, game manager or, or dink and dunk guy. Um, you know, there, I think a couple things that they're hopeful with with him is that he's a little bigger this year, a little stronger. Um, they're actually talking about him running the ball a little bit more, which would be interesting to see. But I, I think, I think if if he can stretch the field a little bit better and and, and create some more space um, underneath, because teams fear the deep ball a little bit more, that'll open things up. Otherwise, I'm guessing teams will probably more crouch the line of scrimmage a little bit more and um, you know dare him to throw deep. You know, he, I wouldn't call him the quote unquote missing piece, but the one thing we weren't sure, you know, as, as media fans, um, you know, I'm sure even their coaches, um, it looked like NC State had the pieces to point towards the season. Again, this is definitely in this year with all the seniors. But no one knew for sure Jalen McClendon was going to be the guy at quarterback, you know, or how good he would be. You know, and the thought process going into last year is that Jalen would be the guy. He'd take his lumps, learn from them, and then be pretty good in 2017. Well, that plan went out the window because Ryan Finley ended up a uh, graduate transfer in the spring, like late spring, early summer. And what made Finley unique is that he was a graduate transfer with three years of eligibility remaining. So this, this wasn't your typical grad transfer. And it had to be a very awkward situation in some sense because, you know, Ryan basically walked into Jalen's team. You know, the guys knew Jalen. They, they wanted Jalen to be their quarterback. And here's this outsider that comes in from Boise State 
and the only person he knew was the offensive coordinator, Eli Drinkwitz. Well, because he at least knew the offense, you know, he had the, the advantage of being able to step in and, and kind of figure things out from that standpoint. But I'm sure it was tough on him to, to lead a team of guys that he's just learning the names of. So one year later, you know, he starts the season, he, he establishes himself. He was clearly the, the better quarterback between him and Jalen last year. Um, and the Jalen got like a full game to, to really show what he could do. But, you know, in the, the bits and pieces we saw of Jalen, it, it seemed like Ryan was ahead of him. And now he knows the names of his teammates, and he can be more of a leader, and he's definitely more comfortable. So it's going to be interesting to see if if, um, if Ryan Finley will, will be able to come, come out of his shell both as a leader and as a producer um, for this year's team. Because, you know, I mean, if he's solid and, and basically has the exact same kind of year as he had last year, you know, then that, that's probably the kind of quarterback play that can get NC State to win, you know, seven, eight, nine games. But if they really want to do something, if they want to reach the goals that they have, he's got to take it to a different level and, and be the guy that makes everybody else's job easier. JC, the Gamecocks have got a new place kicker, new punter, new long snapper this year, and there's certainly some uncertainty surrounding Gamecocks special teams. Tell us about NC State special teams this year. It's not going to surprise me if a special teams play determines the, out- the outcome of this game on Saturday. Well, NC State is rock-solid proven in every category but kicker. And obviously, um, South Carolina fans who don't like Clemson very much are probably not happy with what happened in NC State's game against Clemson last year, which boiled down to a missed, uh, what, 33-yard field goal. So they went out and got another graduate transfer. Um, This one has two years of eligibility left. Uh, His name is Carson Wise. He started off at Virginia Tech where he redshirted, did not play there. Um, you know, knew he wasn't going to be the kicker at Virginia Tech anytime soon, so he transferred to Carson Newman, which is a, a smaller school in, uh, I believe, the, the, in the state of Tennessee. And it'll be interesting to see how he adjusts, you know, to being the guy on a big stage in big games. Um, you know, I don't think, I don't think anyone's, like, thinking, okay, he's got to come in and be like Aguayo at Florida State and make every single field goal. You know, but if he can just be the guy who consistently makes kicks under 40 yards, makes the 33-yard field goal against Clemson and some of the missed, you know, field goals that they had in other games, makes extra points. Like, if he can just be solid, I think they'd be really, really happy with that, obviously. Um, the punter, A.J. Cole, very good. You know, uh, legit all-ACC candidate at punter. Uh, Naeem Hines, who we mentioned, extremely gifted kick returner. Um, now he gets his chance of punt returns. I have no doubt that he will be a threat to go the distance for either a punt return or a kick return at some point this season. He's that good on, on in the return game. He was like that in high school. You know, he's just one of those guys who has that gift. Um, and then the long snapper is, is, uh, is, is he's back for his third year. So, I mean, in terms of special teams, I mean, State should be one of the better special team units in the ACC if the kicker can just be solid. Uh, if he starts booming in like, you know, 45 to 50-yard field goal, then, then they'll take things to a whole different level. But if he could just make the 35-yarder every single time, uh, I think Wolfpack fans would, would, would love that would uh, would love that type of situation. All right, first meeting since 2009 between the Gamecocks and the Wolfpack. And South Carolina has only faced two opponents more times than they played NC State, Clemson and Georgia. J.C., good stuff today. We appreciate your time. 
and uh, enjoyed hearing from you today on Gamecock Central Radio. Thanks very much. Uh, thank you for the opportunity. That's J.C. Zimbel from thewolfpacker.com giving us an extensive Wolfpack scouting report today here on Gamecock Central Radio. I'm Emerson Phillips. Thanks for being with us. 